It's a crazy world out there, and this is the place to help you figure out how to live in it. Welcome to the Masculinist Podcast, the show about how we live as Christian men and as the church in today's radically new and challenging world. I'm your host, Aaron Wren. Thank you for listening. Please visit our website and sign up for our newsletter today at themasculinist.org. You can also support the work of The Masculinist on Patreon at patreon.com slash masculinist, on Gumroad at gumroad.com slash masculinist, or on PayPal at paypal.me slash masculinist. And now for today's show. Hello, this is Aaron, and welcome back to the podcast. We're continuing today with our series on Urban World, Urban Church. And what I want to do today is uh, expand upon something that I mentioned last time, which is that these urban churches in the coastal markets, again, the D.C.s, the Bostons, the New Yorks, the San Francisco's, the L.A.s, they tend to be characterized by high churn. That is, people are constantly coming and going from the church. And that's not necessarily because you know, the church itself has anything wrong wrong with it or it's the nature of the churches. It's just the nature of the population in those cities. People are constantly moving in and out of places like lower Manhattan, and that just creates a high-churn environment um, for everyone there. And again, that's very different uh, from a place like Indianapolis. You know, we have, again, churches in the downtown area that have a lot of maybe the same values and and same uh, approaches as some of these churches. But what you see is people are much more likely to just stay in this market uh, for a long period of time. And so you can build relationships with people in your church, in your community group that span years, uh, decades even in some cases. And of course, there's dynamism here, right? People move in, people move out, but there is a lot of stability to community even in, you know, a city with, you know, a couple million people in the region, uh, like, like, like Indy, uh, much higher churn in, in New York and, and much higher churn in the, in the church. So just an example, uh, you know, my wife and I had, a, had a kid and, you know, she's trying to, you know, be friends and, and meet with other women in the church, uh, you know, who have kids same age. I mean, it's just a natural thing because you want to have community with other people who have kids. And, and she was able to do that. And, um, but I think in the last year before we left, no fewer than four of the other moms who were her friends had ended up leaving and moving somewhere else. And so think about this. You, you come to a place like New York, you meet someone at church, you're trying to build a relationship with them, you're getting to know them, you're investing in this relationship, and then a person goes poof, right? And they take a job in LA. And so um, people in a place like that very quickly learn to calibrate the amount of investment that they put into personal relationships because after you get burned investing in a relationship for a long time, um, it's, uh, you know, you say, wow, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. I'm, I'm going to, you know, see how things go. And so you end up with kind of a more guarded population where it's often difficult to really make friends uh, you know, you read lots of articles about how lonely people are in London, for example. And even though there's a lot of life, there's a lot of energy, you may actually know a lot of people, have a lot of relationships, in a sense. The human connection uh, is missing. And so one of the, this has a lot of implications for the church. Uh, one of them is 
that uh, it's sort of like the consulting business. I used to work in the consulting business. And so when you're a consultant, like you're constantly having to replace your entire book of business because you sell a project, you complete it, project's over, you got to have a new project coming in. And so to think about growing your business, it's not about just adding 15% more customers next year. You actually have to replace, you know, essentially your entire project base and then grow. And so it's a, it's a very, it's a very uh, kind of challenging business in that regard. And the churches in these cities are something like that. They're losing a significant percentage of their population every year, meaning they've got to bring new people in the door all the time just to keep from shrinking. I think that's, again, a little different than, say, a small town church where they might have a very, very stable population. And even if you're a smallest, you have 75 people in your church, and maybe you're not really growing, but you're not necessarily shrinking either. You, you can kind of stay stable for a while. If you're in a San Francisco or a Boston or a D.C. or a New York, you are going to be losing people constantly to the normal turnover and population in those places. So anything that diminishes the attractiveness of your church to that somehow interrupts the inflow, um, you've got a problem on your hands because you could start shrinking very rapidly. And so uh, that's just a a kind of a challenging environment to which, which to operate. It also makes it very challenging to create community um, in these churches. You're trying to sustain great community life, life together uh, as it were. And with people coming and going and so many people busy and all this calibration the depth of community that you can get in some places is just not present there. And it's kind of a constant, kind of constant complaint or constant focus um, of energy on it. And and so the natural churn of population um, makes it difficult for people there to have a lot of solid relationships. That's inside the church or outside the church. And there are people who tend to stay longer uh, some people who grew up in the region, for example, uh, may have a little deeper roots there, a little more sustainability. But what I've noticed is the people who really um, stick around for the long haul, disproportionately people with a lot of money. You know, they're rich or they're doing very, very well. And that makes it difficult, again, for you, if you want to create a relationship with one of them, it's just going to be harder. And that's not because these people are stuck up or they're afraid you're glomming on to them for their money. In fact, you know, I'm I'm really uh, amazed at like how down to earth and real some of these people are. Uh, there was a, a a man in in my old church in New York uh, who was the CEO of a company that's in the S and P 500, a publicly traded company, S and P 500. You might come in on a Sunday and see him handing out programs to people walking in the door. He and his wife would volunteer to work in the nursery. I mean, just just great humble people, and that that's kind of been my experience uh, with them. Uh, but what you what you see though is, you, you know, you're just not living the same kind of life that they're living. You're not spending your summers in the Hamptons, you know. You don't have your 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 ski place out west. Uh, you're not you're not at all the same social circles and events. And you know, you know think about all the different um, obligations that people have in terms of all these charity events and things you got to do. It's just there's just a limited amount of time in their life. And if you're not naturally part of the same orbit of things that they are in. It's just going to be hard to to build relationships with those people because you're just not going to necessarily move in the same circles. It's just a lot easier to build relationships uh, with people who are kind of um, 
in, in the same kind of style of life as you. That's why, again, a lot of young moms have a tendency to to kind of gravitate to each other because they're going through the same experiences, doing the same sorts of things, right? You can get together for the trip to the library or get together in the park for play dates or whatever. And so I think it's just a challenge. That's that's the real challenge when you're dealing with people who are uh, much have much higher income than you is you just don't have as much overlap kind of in your social existence that that makes it more difficult to create friendships even if you um want to even if they want to do so which again they often do you, you know uh, again rich people um i find that they're often uh, much less stuck up uh, than than a lot of people who fancy themselves uh, upwardly mobile it's just a challenge and by the way you know i i don't really talk too much about where i've personally gone to church i've alluded to, you know, to, to places I've gone to church a couple times, always in a positive light. Um, you know, part, part of that is I just don't want to, you know, what I'm doing here is sort of not directly supported or affiliated with any church. And so, uh, when you're, when you're writing and, and doing things that are a little higher risk, I want to make sure that they stay out of the splatter zone, uh, so that if, uh, if I get any criticism, it doesn't necessarily reflect on them. But, um, you, you know, I will say, I, I love my church in New York. And, uh, one of the things that I, um, I miss the most about being gone there is is being part of that church, and uh, so I'm not I'm not necessarily you know down and negative on this this urban church stuff. I, again, I, a lot of this that I talk about is stuff that's talking about me personally because you know I get kind of I I am in that environment uh, a lot. I lived a lot of my life in big cities uh, and really enjoy it and have a lot of similar outlooks to people um, in, in those churches. And I think there are some high qual there are high quality churches in these cities. So. Um, I, I think when I talk about some of the challenges of this urban church, it's not necessarily, uh, you, you know, intended to be totally negative towards them in a lot of ways. I mean, certain, certain some of the things like the churn, for example, is really totally beyond their control. They just have to live in that environment, and and it's it's just a challenging environment there. And so I I really think. Uh, maybe maybe where the churches could have done a little bit of better job is helping people there not to end up harming themselves by staying too long uh, in some of these uh, environments. You know, you can come into a place like New York, get kind of caught up in it, and then years, years, years later, what happened? Oh, I'm not married. I'm, you know, haven't saved any money. Uh, you know, I'm on a treadmill. And, you know, that can very, very easily happen to people. So I do think that's something that churches there ought to look, ought to kind of look at, um, especially when you don't have a lot of good. Again, it's hard to have stable relationships. Imagine living somewhere for you know years when it's very hard to build like good friendships. That can be a big challenge for people. But it is an environment that that's just an environment that's there in the city and is kind of a given that you have to deal with. And so, if you are someone who's thinking about moving to a big city, if you're thinking about moving to a place like the District of Columbia. Here's what I would say. I would say there's a few kinds of people who are very well suited to live that kind of life. One is someone who's young, coming out of college, moving to get the experience in the big city. I think it's a great thing. The life, the, the experience of life there is very good. The types of professional experiences and networks you can build uh, are are unparalleled. So I think it's a great thing to to go to um, when you are you know a younger person out of school. And so that's a great time to go to the city. Again, I think the key is you need to always be asking yourself, where am I going? You know, where is this path taking me? 
And I always love in the Bible that they talk about ways. There's the kind of the way that leads to life and a way that leads to death. And we're all on a way. We're walking on a path. And that path is taking us somewhere. And so we need to be thinking about where the path that we're on is taking us. Um, because you can definitely end up uh, spending too much time in these places and taking yourself to a place you did not want to go in life. The uh, granddaddy of them all, uh, Leaving New York Essays, uh, it was written in the 1960s by Joan Didion. It's called Goodbye to All That. I don't know if it's online. If I find it, I'll throw it in the show notes. And here's what she had to write about that. She said, part of what I want to tell you is what it is like to be young in New York, how six months can become eight years with the deceptive ease of a film dissolve. For that is how those years appear to me now, in a long sequence of sentimental dissolves and old-fashioned trick shots. I enter a revolving door at 20 and come out a great deal older and on a different street. You will have perceived by now that I was not one to profit by the experience of others, that it was a very long time indeed before I stopped believing in new faces and began to understand the lesson in that story, which is that it is distinctly possible to stay too long at the fair. So... Some people come in, get the experience, and kind of smartly get out. Others kind of uh, maybe stay too long. Maybe there should be higher churn in, in some of these places. But if you're young, I think it can be a great place. A second kind of category of people are those who are sort of originally from there or from the region. So you see a lot of people do move to New York who grew up in Connecticut, um, for example. And one of the nice things about that is you have family nearby. You have a social network and social capital that you can draw on in the region, even if it's not in the city. You know, maybe if you have a kid, you know, there's a, there's a grandparent who could come in and do some babysitting or kind of help out and do things like that. Someone, I think a lot of people move to these cities from far away and they come in with essentially no network, no social capital, no relatives. If you grew up there, you do have that social capital and that support network and it helps to sustain you uh, for a longer time. Um, so that's one. And the third one is obviously if you have a lot of money, you can uh, afford to live there and you can essentially buy your way out of some of the downsides, right? When people are always going to want to meet with you, right? When you've got money. So you're not going to have nearly as much trouble uh, making friends uh, as a lot of other people, uh, for example. And then uh, I think the kind of the, the fourth category is people who are like highly autonomous individuals. I probably fall into that category. By nature, I'm introverted. I have large numbers of people that I know, but I sort of thrive on weak connections and weak links. Um, you know, I'm not someone that that needs to be hanging out with my best friend all the time. In fact, for me, I really need to press into relationships because it would be very easy for me to kind of become a hermit uh, in some ways. But people that kind of just have the natural personality type like me might be something there. Um, but, but that is sort of like some profiles of people I think do well, do well in these environments. Um, and then, you know, I've also seen a, a thing, I mentioned the young people, I've also seen them at a trend uh, in the Christian world of kind of empty nester types um, moving in there and, and doing some sort of ministry or whatever. And that might be another one that, that would be good. And so again, the environment here is just very high churn, very shallow connections, very little rootedness in place. You've probably heard um, the expression, in the city, for the city. We're in the city, for the city. You know, I, I, I'm not sure all the variations of that. I'm, I'm not sure where I first heard it. I Googled it. There actually aren't that many hits on that phrase. Uh, it was a Campus Crusade for Christ slogan uh, at one time. 
But you hear variations on it, I think, at all of these places. Is that we're here for the life of the city. But the reality is that, in, in, in reality, people are very shallowly rooted in these places. And I think that we saw this um, really, really well uh, with the pandemic when these big cities just almost completely emptied out, some of them, some of these neighborhoods. Um, there was an estimated 420,000 people who vacated New York City uh, during the pandemic. Now, a lot of them went to, you know, summer homes, vacation homes. Some of them went home with mom and dad. A number of people just flat out moved. Uh, I mean, I know people just, they're, they're just gone, not coming back. People were even hiring movers to go back to their apartment and pick up everything because they weren't even going to go back and pack. And this idea that like trouble hit and, you know, a good chunk of the uh, wealthy people and kind of the elites just all packed up and fled. Um, it it kind of maybe does remind me of, you know, the Roman Empire where the, the, the wealthy may have fled the uh, the plague by heading to their country estates. And again, this is not a situation like the Roman Empire where when the plagues hit, it was the Christians who were the only people providing medical care. Again, we should never read back in, you know, read into our experience the exact context of someone else. Um, as I noted in one of my masculinists, um, today what's considered the loving thing to do or was considered the loving thing to do was to not go visit people, to not try to, to necessarily care for people, but to isolate and avoid spreading risk and let the healthcare and public health professionals do what they need to do. So it's a very different environment. But I do think it's revealing of like, these places are in a sense, they're, they're a very, they're, they're not normal communities, and, um, you know, you can't be in the city for the city if you're not in the city. And I think that probably a good chunk of these churches um, saw, you know, half or more of their people just vacate the place. Um, and again, I'm not saying that's wrong. I think that's the right decision <laughs> in a lot of places. Uh, but, it, but it goes to show you there's a really, there's just, it's just a really different environment. And, you, you have to really function differently and think differently about the world when you're stuck in it because you're just in this high-churn environment where it's very difficult to make friends and sustain relationships and sustain community in a church over the long term. And I think you really need to have people uh, working in this and living in it who are adapted to that environment um, because if you're not um, it's probably going to be a failure or people can end up damaging their own lives. So that's just a, a few thoughts uh, about the nature of these these environments. Um, again, I appreciate everyone's listenership. Thank you for leaving a rating on iTunes. I've got a lot of ratings on iTunes already. If you, if you, uh, if you like what you hear, please do um, take the time to leave one. I appreciate it, and I will see you next time.